This is Frazzly with Frazzlecast. Do you want to talk about World of Warcraft every week with different people and a little bit of geeky stuff? Check out Frazzlecast.com and on all of your favorite podcast players. And remember, keep it geek. theme song means it is once again time to promo the Geek Wolf Pack podcast. I'm your Papa Wolf, Nick Kelly. And I'm your Mama Wolf, Stacia Kelly. And I'm Thermal Wolf, Brandon Kelly. Here on the podcast, we're just a couple of generations geeking out and sharing what we think we think. We'll share the latest nerd news and sci-fi happenings. Looking for life hacks? I'll tell you if there's an app for that. And I'll give you the latest from a gamer's point of view. Plus, every episode includes some of what we like to call ADHD D&D. I'm a healer, and I killed a dragon. Spoilers. (laughs) Spoilers. <laughs> so join us here at the Geek Wolfpack Podcast. Join us on iTunes, Stitcher, Blueberry, or wherever you find your podcasts, or simply at geekwolfpackpodcast.com. And as always, geek out. Hello, my name is Joe Hogan. Many of you know me as Epic Grays in various video games and social media. Welcome to episode 127 of Geekitude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. Today, I am once again joined by my wonderful co-host, Ray Vargas. How you doing, Ray? I'm doing good, Joe. How's it going? It's good. It's good. We've both been exceedingly busy. <laughs> yeah, we have. It's You know, what's funny is that both of our jobs really are focused on fall. Yeah. Right. Like, and because we both work in education, it's like with the start of the semester, really that, that starts kind of the, the shit storm for both of us. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Have you had any time to geek out this week? Um, I have a little bit, but it's, it's so interesting how like during the summer I'm more interested in like exploring and finding new things and like that sort of stuff and once fall hits and my schedule is nuts it's all about like seeking those familiar comforts so like i've mostly been catching up on uh jay and miles explain the x-men which i took a long hiatus from so long in fact that i couldn't remember quite where i left off so i kind of went like a few episodes back from where I, i think i left off um so where whereabouts are you Oh man, I am right around the hundred episode mark. And oh, okay. Yeah, which is a ways back, but I honestly I couldn't remember if I listened to the Chris Claremont episode or not. And I thought, you know, that was such a milestone for them mm-hmm. um, that I wanted to go back and listen to it again. So that's that's kind of where I picked up. Is that the um, one where he he fully says that that Kitty Pride and. Uh, Rachel Summers are are involved. Yes, yes, that's great. So, so yeah, yeah, exactly. So I felt like it was a nice, like, kind of jumping back in point. Um, I'm sure as I listen to more episodes, some stuff's gonna be familiar. But on like X Men continuity is so damn convoluted that mm-hmm. you know it's <laughs> you can listen to these episodes more than once and still get a lot out of them. So 
Um, yeah, I think I stopped listening shortly after um, the uh, the whole um, oh, what was it called? The the Goblin Queen stuff. Inferno. So, yeah, Inferno. And so I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to go back because I I keep I keep seeing it in my list of things and it's kind yeah. of you know it stopped downloading because I haven't listened in a while and so I'm like yeah. oh, maybe, maybe this <laughs> yeah. is the the impetus that I need to go back to it. Yeah, I kept seeing it in my list of things too and it didn't call me back until recently and I really think that has a lot to do with just like oh this is familiar and awesome and I want to listen to these voices again you know what I mean mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then. I, Along those same lines, I've also been, I guess, listening, although they're all on YouTube, so, you know, there's there's video, but I'm usually listening to it while I drive. Um, I'm listening to old Kevin Smith podcast episodes, mostly the ones where he reviews comic book movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of interesting because, you know, I'm, I'm going way back and listening to, to reviews of stuff that you and I have reviewed in the past. Um, and I've never really been a huge Kevin Smith fan i mean I, I i like some of his stuff but i know he has some like really like die hard like devotees um that's never been me uh but i really do like listening to him speak like i, I remember watching back in the day when he was doing those like college like present like talks you know what i'm talking yes. about or- yes I remember the first time, I don't even know how I came across that, if it was like on HBO or, or maybe somewhere on the internet. And I was like, what is this? And it was so entertaining. It was like the, the most entertaining 90 minutes. And so, um, I don't know, it's almost like borderline stand-up, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's a really good storyteller. So um, I don't know why it never dawned on me to check out his podcast in the past, but I have been. And it's just fun to, to listen to him geek out. Uh, in response to these movies, I had no idea that Kevin Smith was such a, um, or he was so, as, as he calls it, in the bag for these movies. Like he's pretty much, he's like so easy to please when it comes to these comic book movies. You know, it's like if if you got characters that I love in costume talking on screen, that's it. I love this movie. Like I'll excuse anything. <laughs> it's pretty much his point of view, which is pretty different from how critical you and I get. Uh, but right. It's a, right. I, I feel like it's a good kind of like counterpoint, you know what I mean, to what you and I do and, and our take. So, uh, yeah, that's been a lot of fun, man. I, I went back. Matter of fact, because I listened to like his, yeah, I listened to his review of Justice League. I listened to his review of Last Jedi. I listened to his review of uh, Spider Man: uh, uh, Homecoming. And just based on like the enthusiasm from his reviews, I went back and have been watching those movies as well. So it's all, dude. It's like all just geek comfort time right now in the fall now that things are starting to get crazy now i gotta say like it was justice league you said you went back and and watched yes man and i messaged you you messaged (laughs) me and i haven't i have i downloaded that um that uh review his his review i haven't had a chance to to listen to it Uh, but but i i can't believe you went through and watched i mean it's it's not Batman versus Superman, which I would have been like, are you okay? Do I need to send for help? Agreed. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, were, there, yeah. were there any new revelations? Yeah, I think there was a couple, you know. Um, first of all, Justice League was on while I was like folding laundry and like, you know, answering emails <laughs> and stuff, you know. So it's not like I was sitting in a dark theater just, you know, wrapped you know, completely with a with a uh, 
big uh, a tub of popcorn in front of me. So so I was kind of doing other stuff and you know with it with an eye on the screen, um, which probably helped making it more enjoyable. <laughs> um, but also just like th- this time around, I was watching it less with a critical eye in terms of like the weight of expectations of what I wanted it to be, you know, going back into it a second time, it's like, you already know what it is. And so I feel like that allowed me to just enjoy the parts of it that I did like, and then just the stuff that I didn't like, instead of being like, Oh no, what the, please stop. It was more like, Oh yeah, this was so dumb. Or like, (laughs) why, why did they do, what was this choice? Um, So, so that kind of made it a little more fun of of a watch. And, I, I really think you got to listen to that review. Just do it on your drive home one day or something. Um, and then if if that kind of inspires you to to give it another go around, I would love I would love to come over so that we can watch it and just like live review it like in real time. Like you and I will just watch the Justice League, have some drinks or whatever, and just like rip into it and just have fun with it. I think that would be a lot of fun. Yeah, I think that would that would be a lot of fun. And so l- let me let me get it. It's on my it's on my short list. I, I I I went into work today and I forget how it came up, but I have I have been avoiding. We're we're gonna get way more political on this podcast than we usually do, anyway. So I'll just say this: um, I have been avoiding most of the news just because I have to I have to for self care take breaks and. Um, and so I have been out of the loop on all the craziness that's going on with our government right now. I mean, I see, I see the posts of like, I, I basically get my news through, through the daily show and your Facebook right. posts. Like that's right. how I follow what's going on in the world. <laughs> it's like people and, just freaking out in reaction to what's going on. Yeah. And, and the daily show has been off for, for two weeks. So I haven't, I haven't been involved. And so I, I just heard today about the whole um, op-ed piece in the time or yeah, the New York times. And, um, and I was like, what? And uh, our friend Sean Daly was like, Oh, let me put on the, the Trevor Noah broadcast about it. And I'm like, okay. So on the way home, I'm listening to all my, my, uh, politics <laughs> podcasts that I've been avoiding purposefully because I just oh, can't. Oh, and man. so, so I think that'll be a good, you know, Kevin Smith will be a good palate cleanser after all. Yeah. Yeah. We should, I should jump into state of the geek one of these weeks. Cause I could, I could talk about this stuff for a minute, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> it's so insane. It's like, uh, I, I like the whole, the visual of you, like not watching the news, but watching the reactions to the news. Mm-hmm. I immediately imagined sitting in a theater and turning your back to the screen and just watching the people's expressions around you. Mm-hmm. And I think just based on, you know, the news that's happening right now and what people's reactions are probably look like, it's, it's like if human centipede was showing and you weren't <laughs> actually watching the screen, you're just watching people's faces contort in, you know, horror at what they're watching happen before their eyes. And trying to decide which ones knew what they were getting into and which ones are, are like there and having the reaction because you know they're there to they're there to be upset <laughs> yeah yeah exactly exactly but but aside from that stuff what what geeky stuff have you been up to this week um i finished two books of the 20-sided sorceress series which is a 
Um, it's kind of on the vein of the Iron Druid and Dresden Files stuff that I like, but it's um, a, a female protagonist, which is is kind of cool. I, I it's not jiving with me quite as much as I'd like it to. Um, I, I feel like one of the characters is a little bit too perfect. Mm. Not not the main character, so they didn't they didn't marry Jane Her, but um, <laughs> but they did. Um, you know the, the her her love interest is a little too. I don't know. Perfect. And so it's just not like, I'm not, I'm not feeling it, but I, I do love the idea of that. Not only is she a sorceress, but she's a, um, she's a big geek. She runs a, a gaming store and, uh, she, she learned how to focus her powers through playing D and D. So like all her spells, she has to kind of base off of D and D magic. And so I think it's, it's definitely an interesting take. That sounds um, multi-layered. Yeah. It's yeah, like I mean, combining I'm, like a bunch of different things, I feel like. I'm waiting for it to get past kind of its infancy novels. Like the first three are very short and collected in a, a collection. So I think once we get past the first three, it might start getting a little deeper. But I don't Man. know. If, any, if anybody's uh, read or listened to any of the 20-sided Sorcerer series, uh, give me some feedback. Because I don't know if it's something I'm going to stick with long enough to, to catch. Real quick, one of the things that I love about your geek MO, or or I guess the way your your geekdom kind of expresses itself, you you have a tremendous amount of goodwill for things that you're interested in checking out. Like you're so patient and giving with properties that you're not even <laughs> you're not even sure if you like yet. You're like, I'm gonna I'm gonna check. I don't know. I'm, I'm gonna check this out. See if I like it by like reading the first three novels. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Yeah, That's so cool. I wish I had more of that kind of patience to give properties. Like I'm, I'm so. I have to be so. I mean, you and I are both very busy people. Um, but I think for me that that just results in me being like really cutthroat with like what I devote my time to. And you're so giving, and I wish I could do that because I feel like I'd probably find more things that I like that way. You know. It's it's really just FOMO. It's really just the fear of missing out. Mm. Like mm. it's just I'm 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 afraid that if I don't give like I tried Ray, I tried so many times to get into <laughs> Doctor Who, so many times. <laughs> like I tried. I tried really really hard and at some point I just had to say this just isn't this is this is taking up time away from stuff that I know I will enjoy. Yeah. So, you know. <laughs> And I, and I don't begrudge anybody who's a big Doctor Who fan. I can totally see why people would love it. Yeah, but yeah totally. I, I, I am strugg- I've always struggled to try and catch. And I know that there's a couple of really good episodes in there that people are, well, just go see these episodes. But the, the geek in me that has to be a completionist is just I like, ah, I got to start at the beginning. Um, um, totally. Yeah. And then um, – I am still plugging a lot. I still have not gotten into the new content in Warcraft. Um, wow. And it's very – like, but it's I'm, – I'm excited. Like, uh, okay. So <laughs> it's good and it's bad. Like it's bad because I, am, I, have, I have been without my WoW podcasts and my like just everything WoW-related other than playing my character for about three weeks now because I don't want to be spoiled. Yeah. 
And so it's like, I, there's a part of me that like, I, I almost went in on one of my one ten characters in one. I can, I can just do it for five minutes. I'm like, no, like this is time you were taking away from the character, you know, you want to play in this game. So, so that's been really, really rough. And what's not been rough though, is going back through all of these different expansions. You know, th- this is like, I don't know, you're 14, you're, we're 15 that this game has been around Yeah. and, and going, Oh my God, I forgot about this storyline. Oh my God. I forgot about how much fun uh, this was. You're oh my God. The, this place is so beautiful. You're doing the thing where you try to move and you're packing to move and you just end up going through all your stuff and taking like a trip down. The yes. <laughs> yes. That's exactly what's going on. Yeah. And, and it's, and I and I'll I'll send little little like updates to my guild, or I'll say, "Oh my god, I forgot about this," and then it'll start these conversations of like, "Oh yeah, I forgot about that," because after a while, you just don't you don't think about this stuff, but you know, you really enjoyed it at the time. And at the be- the end of this last expansion, they they changed the leveling process, so. Um, but before, if you had like the, the equipment that would give you the experience boosts, uh, you could zip through zones really quickly and get up to, um, max level pretty with pretty much no problem, but you never finished any storylines because by the time you were, um, you know, getting like halfway through a storyline, you were ready to move on to the next area. Mm-hmm. And so they changed it cause they're like, well, nobody's experiencing any of these stories. So they changed it. So you can spend more time in an area and still get full experience. And so it, it has completely changed the leveling process. Cause I can kind of go anywhere within an expansion and just pick up a storyline and see it all the way through the end. And it, it really has cool. been an enjoyable process. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's for, for a game to still be able to hold my attention, you know, this long, and when I go back and do stuff that I've already done before, have these like nostalgic feelings, it's it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Wow, you're gonna be playing this game for the rest of your life. <laughs> in a good way. I, I mean, in a good way. <laughs> I, I I cleared 15 levels, I think, over the holiday weekend. Oh God. <laughs> yeah, I went from I went from level 85 to level 90. I mean, in three days. I went to the LA County Fair, and I think your time was way better spent than mine. <laughs> so, <laughs> cool. So, have you had time for any? You, I mean, you're 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 tackling twenty sided sorceress. You're you're going through, you know, war, a nostalgia tour of Warcraft, and you got other other kiki stuff that you managed to fit in. Well, I okay. So you'll have to remind me. Did I tell you about she kills monsters last week, oh. or was that Kelly on State of the Geek? I don't. I don't remember that. It's a cool sounding name. I think. I feel like I would remember that. That's one of the plays that I'm doing with my kids this year, and it's um, it's about a girl who, well, a woman whose little sister um, dies in a car crash with their parents, and she goes to clean up the house and finds her sister's D and D like homemade module. And so she takes it to her school and finds one of the kids who plays D and D and says, run me through this campaign. Uh, this, this, I don't, I haven't told you this one. No, you have not. No, okay. <laughs> no last <laughs> week, last week you covered crazy rich Asians, uh, Jessica Jones and Warcraft. Okay. So, so, you know, it plays out where she's, she gets to learn about her sister through this game. And, um, 
there's scenes that take place in the game where she's fighting things. And I mean, like, it's really geeky. If you play Dungeons and Dragons, you're going to recognize characters and monsters. And like, it's really cool. Um, but then outside of it, it's her trying to deal with real life and her best friend and her boyfriend who doesn't get it. And, um, and so it's a very cool story. But what is really fun for me, and I think you'll appreciate this because you're an artist, is we can kind of do whatever we want with the game world. And it's set in the 90s. So we're, we're going with a very um, Riot Girl punk yes. look to a lot of stuff. And the the set is going to be a giant composition book that when you open it up like, you know, like an eight foot by four foot composition book. And then when you open it up, the pages are going to have just really rough kind of punky sketches for the sets. Whoa. And. And the costumes are going to be made out of white, but they're going to be outlined in ways that make them look like they're just like, like they're just sketches on a um, piece of notebook paper. How big is this book going to be? Huge! Like it's it's going to be like when you fully open it up, it should be around um, eight by sixteen. No, yeah, sixteen by eight. Look so at sixteen across and eight down. Look at um. There's a special by Eddie Izzard. Uh, you know who Eddie Izzard is right. Yeah, yeah. He's that British um comedian. Um, and he did a show called uh, I think it's called Indefinite Article. And the the set for that show, he's standing in front of an enormous open book. Yes, I see a picture of it. Yeah, so I don't know if you can check that out and see if if it relates to what you're doing, or if you can maybe get some ideas from from that. I don't know, but yeah, that, it's going to be kind of like that. Okay, and we're going to turn the mind. Yeah, and we're going to turn the we're going to turn the pages so that like if it's a cave scene, then on one of the pages I use in air quotes, um, it'll be a cave. That's so cool. That's um, awesome. You, you should come see this one. I think this one's going to be really good. We're, we're going to have to come up with puppet ways to do some of the monsters. Um, we had the first round of auditions this week. Um, it, it's going to be a good show. Like, I'm very excited. The kids are very excited about it. First same-sex kiss on stage uh, for my school. Like, Rad. it's going to be awesome. it's going to be a big deal. Yeah, it sounds like a dope show. Yeah, and then um, just a little bit of what I've been I'm, – I'm gearing up for NaNoWriMo again this year. Oh, wow. Which is, yeah. <laughs> well, see, I think I can do it if I don't try and start a third podcast halfway through the month. Like that, that might. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, God. And so I, I, I've heard a lot of people have talked about, you know, if you outline, then it helps you kind of keep on track when you're writing. So between now and November when it starts, I'm, I'm starting to gear up to like, I'm listening to a bunch of writing podcasts and, and trying to get myself in a mind space where I can kind of outline my story. And that's where and you're, then just you're supposed to like die. write a bunch in one month, right? Yeah. 50,000 words in a month. That's right. Yeah. That's like a novel. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah I remember. <laughs> oh my God. I didn't make it last year because I decided to start Podcast of the Whale, which I didn't <laughs> didn't stick with. Although I do want to go back to it at some point because the the name of that podcast is too cool to not keep. But um, 
but yeah, so I'm, I'm doing, on top of all that, I'm prepping for NaNoWriMo, which if there's anybody out there who wants to join my Facebook group, let me know in Slack or Twitter or wherever, um, because I'm going to send out invites sometime in the next couple of weeks, and uh, it should be a lot of fun. Uh, we, we had a good group last, last year, and it should be just adding on to the coolness this year, so. Awesome. So that's it. That's all you've done geek, geek wise this, this week. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, get through, you, you can do for, between a three day weekend and my commute. I can get a lot of geeking out done. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. I'm going to be painting every weekend pretty much from here on out. So <laughs> that's, I'll, I'll be listening to whatever geekery I'm going to be doing. It's going to be in a listening capacity. Definitely. Very cool. All right. Well, we are going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about a little contest that we started last week, and we are going to <laughs> surprise, surprise. <laughs> and then, and then we are going to get a lot more political than we normally do here because we're going to talk about Comics Gate because, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back. I'm Void, and I'm Beach, and together we're the Geek to Geek podcast. Well, we make it. It is kind of us, but I guess it's separate. Every week, we pick a topic from geek or digital culture and chat about it for a while. And you're invited. We talk about books and movies, games, comics, the internet. Or really whatever we feel like. Yeah, that too. So look for the geek to geek podcast on iTunes. Or wherever your podcasts are sold. Or downloaded. Or whatever. Hi everyone, I'm Katie. And I'm Chelsea, and we are the hosts of Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea. We are two best friends who love pop culture and talking about pretty much whatever we want. Katie! Yes? Stop thinking about Zac Efron and tell our future listeners what some of our latest episodes have been about. Well, we've talked about Zac Efron. No, get it together, Katie. Fine. We've talked about fan fiction, classical literature adaptations, favorite TV couples, and so much more. So grab your cup of tea or whatever your drink of choice and download our podcast today. And we're back. And of course, you were listening to advertisements for the other shows on the Geek to Geek network. And this week, the Geek to Geek cast is talking about gaming at work, which I have been known to do from time to time. In fact, I encouraged an esports team on campus so that I could justify it doing, <laughs> doing it every once in a while. Um, and then tea time with Katie and Chelsea, they did the worst book adaptations. And I'm going to throw in there. Um, Ready player one. <laughs> Good one. Yeah. That's, that's my vote. Yeah. Like that was, that. that was pretty rough. I, I'm going to throw in Watchmen as soon as that gets released. <laughs> oh, you're not looking forward to the, the TV show. Oh God, Joe. Oh God. You know, you're the expecting premise, it to right? be bad. You know, the no, premise. No. It, it takes place after Watchmen. Oh. <laughs> it takes place after the events of the comic. It's inspired by events in the comic book is the way they describe it. I don't like movies that are inspired by events in real life. So why am I going to watch one? Oh. Yeah, man. It's a show. Like, it's not a movie. It's like it's like a series. Yeah, it's a series. Inspired by events from the comics. So they're not even trying. It takes place a decade after all that. Well, this will be one of those things where I will I will use my apparent superpower of being patient and see right. how it is and report back right. to you. Right. I'm just like, just don't even call it that then. Anyway, just, ugh, Watchmen. That, 
just leave, it, <laughs> just leave it alone. Just make your own thing. Um, speaking of making your own things, uh, yes. <laughs> at the at the very end of last week's episode for you listeners that stay with us to the bitter end, um, you were uh, rewarded, I guess, for that uh, because we snuck in a kind of surprise impromptu contest, our first official, I guess you could say, Geekitude contest, right? Yeah. Uh, and it sprung right out of the the um, topic of that show, which was uh, Sony's uh, plans for, you know, their, their Spider-Man characters. Um, and we decided to uh, ask our listeners to suggest their own lineup uh, of the Sinister Six, uh, which is the classic, you know, Spider-Man. Uh, bad guy group, um, and and we Joe and I are going to pick uh, our favorite um, uh, entry, and I'm going to do a sketch. I'm going to do a drawing of that version of the Sinister Six, um, and the person who suggested it is going to win that drawing. So, um, do, what are the updates on the contest for so far? Oh well, we have a few entries, and they're pretty good. It's looking strong. Um, yes. I, I we said at, as of. The, like when this recording goes out, that's that's it. This yes. is a, it's officially over. Yes. Yeah, so um, sorry, those of you that that didn't listen to the end of last week's show, and this is the first time you're hearing the contest. Unfortunately, it's it's yeah, it, it's a wrap as of you hearing these words. So, um, but we'll we'll probably have more contests in the future because this this has been a lot of fun so far. Yeah. No, I'm I'm really excited about this, and so uh, especially since it just came out of me not being able to to look away from the Wikipedia page. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so yeah, so on our next episode, we will um, we will throw out there our uh, our winner, and uh, we'll we'll share the the sketch, and we're we're very excited. I, yeah, it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be good. We have we have a couple front runners, and uh, so we'll <laughs> we'll have a decision to make. <laughs> yes. All right, so um, this this is a disclaimer because we do try and but both Ray and I are very political beings. Yep. <laughs> we get very up in arms about um, about politics. Views. Yes, and uh, we have very strong views, and we're very vocal about them. But we do try and keep it a little bit, you know, laid back here because we we want everybody to be able to feel like they can geek out in a safe, comfortable environment. But today's topic, I think, is perfectly okay because it is threatening that safe and comfortable environment. Yeah. And so today we are going to be talking about Comicsgate. Did Ray, you, you want to kick this off? Yeah. Um, so this is this has been going on for a while, but I literally just started reading about it um, a few weeks ago uh, because I follow uh, Bill Sienkiewicz uh, on Twitter – and those of you that listen to the show regularly know I, I spend a lot of time on Twitter. Um, and I follow a bunch of, you know, comic book creators because um, you get to see their work and their sketches and they, you know, they throw out ideas and they have interesting conversations. Like, you know, Bill Sienkiewicz has a lot of interesting things to say. Um, Eric Larson um, has starts some really interesting conversations that other comic book creators kind of chime in on. Um, and so Bill Sienkiewicz, um, retweeted an article that was basically a, about him um, posting this, this tirade against Comicsgate. And that this is the first I, I heard of this uh, Comicsgate thing, but apparently it's been going on for a long time. Joe, did, did you, were you aware of what was going on before I sent you that article? 
I knew I knew parts of it. I I just attributed it to people being bad. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we we had one of the things was that retailer um the the New York Comic Con October 2017 Marvel Breakfast for retailers. You heard about when that. we get to that. We did a whole episode on it. I had um, I had Mandy from the WEC podcast on, and we talked about the, is is diversity really ruining comics? Right, and, and we had a full discussion about it. But I don't think I think the, the the calling it of Comics Gate is a relatively new thing. That kind of blew me away because that's kind of a dead giveaway, right? Like if you're <laughs> like if you're willingly like if you're choosing to call yourselves Comics Gate. As, as a way to connect yourself to the whole Gamergate thing on purpose, that kind of already tells you all you need to know about the people behind Comicsgate, right? Like they're, yeah, they're yeah. proudly aligning themselves with Gamergate. Um, and uh, yeah, so so I did some reading to catch up with this. Apparently, as I said, it's been going on for a while. It started about a year ago. Um, and, and I think, like you said, you know, it's, it's kind of there's been rumblings all along. I feel like this is, um, and, I, and I put this in my, in my notes that we shared uh, earlier, Joe. Um, I feel like this is really just the culmination of like long present kind of like a, a misogynistic, uh, anti-progressive views in, in the comic book world, right? Um, and just like in, and we should say that the fan, the uh, a section of the fan base, not as I, f- I feel like for the most part. A lot of the the creators are not part of this, right? I'm sure right. there's a few, but I for but, me it just it just brought back it brought back stories that we've all heard about, um, you know, women not feeling generally welcomed by a segment of the fan base of of you know comic books in general. You know, being called fake fans, you know, oh, you're not a real geek or, you know, women constantly being, um, I guess you could say like their, their fandom questioned in terms of like its authenticity and, you know, oh, you're dressed up as this character, but how long have you been reading that character? Blah, blah. You know what I mean? Like that whole like mm-hmm. attack of, of someone, of, of a fan of someone's uh, uh, authenticity in terms of their fandom. To me, this, this connects very much to that thing that has been pre- it, it's an ugly and uh you know part of of i feel like like comic geekdom uh i'm not saying that it's you know um represents all comic fans obviously i consider myself a comic fan but i'm also not afraid to look at the ugly parts of our fandom and say yeah that that does exist because you can't really address the problem in order to solve it until you're willing to admit that it's a problem right right well we see we see it's not just in comics. It's I mean we we've right. had conversations about about how how the Star Wars fandom has become such a toxic fandom and we've talked about how people are losing their shit on the, the you know a uh, a woman playing Doctor Who right. and like like it's it the the country feels there, there's a prevalent force in the country right now that is very bigoted yeah and it is out there and it is it is it is permeating a little bit of everything but it's really getting into fandoms i feel like we're kind of one of the last bastions of scum and villainy right Right. and you know we're gonna we're gonna kind of set the stage and and kind of go over a quick timeline of of comics gate and you know kind of how it how it 
got started or, or came to light or whatever. Um, but in the end, I, I really want to connect it to a bigger picture because I think, Joe, you're hitting on a really important point, which is um, it's not just comics, you know, and if if and and I would I would go a little bit further than you in, in saying that, you know, you're saying that currently there's this, you know, bigoted section of our country. I would say it, it's always been there. <laughs> you know, it's not, oh, it's yeah, not oh, anything yeah. current, no, right? And so these things, no, no. because people, you know, and, and yeah, these are uncomfortable issues to address. But if you allow that discomfort to kind of give you a cause to ignore these things, they don't go anywhere. <laughs> they fester no. and they spread and they grow and they're allowed to, you know, kind of build momentum. And, and, and that's how, you know, it spills over into something like comics gate or, you know, the fucking president, you know what I mean? So, um, mm-hmm. um, I, I just want to go over, like, uh, you mentioned the, um, you mentioned that, that Marvel breakfast, that exclusive breakfast that they had for, um, uh, retailers, right. Uh, and that was at the New York Comic Con in October 2017. Uh, but you know, leading up to that, um, I, I think there's a general anxiety. You know, there has been a general anxiety about low low sales, right? And and that, of course, is going to scare people. Um, people that make their living, you know, in, in the comic books industry. Um, and at the same time that you're seeing low sales, you're seeing this push to diversify comics. And I, you know, obviously these people kind of connected the two. Um, and that was what, you know, I think instigated that, that outburst at that Marvel breakfast, uh, at, at the New York comic con was people upset that, you know, they feel that their, their livelihood is being, you know, slowly kind of, um, shrinking and, you know, they're looking for someone to blame, right? Does this all sound familiar? I hope it does. (laughs) You can see how this is like a microcosm of like, you know, kind of the national, uh, a political picture, right? Right. Well, and and the reality is, is that as you have in the the show notes, all all print media is different right. because we're we're moving to different forms of media. Right. I mean, in a world where we binge Netflix and have iPhones and that are basically little mini computers with us twenty four seven, the idea of going out and picking up a you know three pound book or however you know, your, your old Harry Potter, um, hardback is, is just, people just don't, don't do it. It's not, it's not optimal. Yeah. It's not streamlined. And you see, so you see that media is evolving with technology and people are, you know, their tastes are changing. Uh, the way they consume media is changing and that is having an effect just like it all, technology has always had an effect on these things. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, some people don't want to, I think for whatever reasons are, are not seeing the bigger picture and want an easy scapegoat. Um, and when you've already kind of got, I mean, you know, let's, let's be real. We're all, you know, raised in, in this sort of a, a misogynistic culture. Um, and so we've all got those seeds inside us. You know, it, it's something that you have to be really, really insistent on recognizing in yourself in order to even sort of, uh, uh, try to halt and change that behavior because it's just so easy, man. You know, you literally just living and, and breathing in today's society. You're, you're absorbing things that are being sold to you and taught to you. And it's, you know, not all of it's good. Right. So um, if, if you've got those things in there and you add fear to that, because you know, your, your livelihood is being, you know, you feel is being stripped away. 
I mean, that's that's a that's a pretty obvious uh, uh, concoction for this kind of um, um, uh, outburst. I feel like, and so we, we've already got you know we've we've got people in the industry that are upset and blaming you know the the push to diversify comic books you know for blaming them for 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 low sales, um, and then uh, shortly after the the New York Comic Con. What, what seemed to really tip this off, this is really interesting to me, but, uh, or actually it was, maybe it was before the Comic-Con, but it was around the same time, um, Marvel editor Heather Antos um, posted a selfie on her social media, I think it was on Twitter, of her and a group of other female staffers at Marvel. And they were just like, it's like a selfie. Like they were having a good time. They were hanging out drinking milkshake milkshakes. Uh, I think they, they, she, she, she wanted to like kind of coordinate this like little get together for the women in her company that she works with that, that she enjoys working with. Um, and they took a selfie, you know, in, in fun and posted it. And for some reason, this sort of really irked <laughs> these, these people. This was like the, the tipping point for them. I guess, you know, people, having fun and smiling is just, just, you know, it's going to trigger some people. <laughs> well, and we're actually there celebrating the life of Flo Steinberg. That's who's right. The icon. That's right. Yeah. And so she had passed away a couple of days earlier. That's and right. so the women went out to celebrate this, this female um, comic book icon. That's and, right. That's and right. so, and it like, it's just, and it's not even like, I know people, some people who are over the selfie generation, <laughs> the idea of the duck lips and the, you know, <laughs> look at me, look at me. Like, it's not this kind of selfie. Not that that would be a problem. Right. People can do what they want to do. Right. But it is literally just people drinking milkshakes and like, look, we're hanging out celebrating this woman's life. Like, that's all it is. Yeah, but uh, apparently the reaction to that was, we need to stop this. Like, these are the people taking our industry away from us. Um, and that's, you know, that, that was one of the things that contributed to that outburst at NY Comic-Con where literally like there's quotes of, of one retailer getting up and blaming the lack of sales on, on quote, black homo and freaking female comics, unquote. Like that's really bad. Like that's really naked aggression there. It's, it's racial, it's misogynistic, it's homophobic. Um, and, you know that once once that sort of uh, I feel like once that position is taken, um, it's very easy to decide what side you fall on after something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but you know this is this is part of the industry. I really do feel again. I'm not saying it's the it's the dominant part of the industry, but any any fandom, any subculture is going to be a reflection of the general society that it's a part of, right? And so if mm-hmm. racism or sexism is something that is part of the general society like it is, then any fandom is going to have those ingredients somewhere in there or the potential for that at the very least, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, it's it's. I feel like, Joe, I mean, tell me what you think, but I feel like this is the same conversation we have around The Last Jedi, it is. It is. And it's we, – we keep repeating over and over again, and I'm sorry if people get tired of this, but it's it, – I, I don't understand how – well, I do understand. 
people people don't get that diversity is what moves these things forward it's what gives us new stories to tell it gives it's what gives us new perspectives to look at our our fandoms with it it it, it <laughs> if you want to get to to just basic biology it makes healthier organisms right like i mean like there like diversity is a good thing but people are so afraid that they're going to somehow become an other again or not have their uh, privilege or not have their status, whatever it is that they're afraid they're going to lose, they're blaming it on the other, on the diversity, on the unknown. And that's a really old story too. I mean, yeah, it's, it's nothing, it's nothing new. It's just, we have a culture right now that has given voice to it. And has said, this is okay. And when we had Gamergate, because I, I remember on one of our State of the Geek episodes, we talked about um, how Gamergate was a precursor to the Trump administration. Like a lot of the same – like you see all of these patterns kind of developing. And and with, with Gamergate, it was – that was because online games were the last was the last place that that kind of talk and that kind of openness about bigotry was acceptable. Yeah. Like there was nobody policing it and saying, "Hey guys, you can't do that here." Right. And so when when the current administration got elected, the the result was a, a platform right for everybody who felt this way to go out and start speaking about it, which I would make the argument and it's like, I I would rather not go through this pain right now, but I would make the argument that the good thing is, is it brought a lot of stuff that was festering under the surface to light so that we can deal. (laughs) I was just going to ask you about that, Joe. I was going to ask you how you feel about that. Cause I feel the same way. And I know that's somewhat of a controversial stance, especially when you have groups that are, you know, marginalized that are in more danger now. Um, but I mean, I think those groups would argue, and I've actually seen, you know, people that represent those groups argue that they, they've always been in danger, <laughs> you know, we, mm-hmm. we just, yeah. now we know, you know what I mean? Now it's, it's more obvious that they're in danger, right? Or now it's, it's, well, and now they're, yeah, now they're more likely to have somebody who, who is not a minority pull out their cell phone and record what's going on right. so that they have a little bit of safety or they have a little bit of evidence to, to fall back on. Right. I mean, look at the number of, of videos we've gotten on, on people who are just kind of just being awful people in general. <laughs> yeah. Um, like I, I, the other night I was, I was, cause you know, the, the light, the light YouTubing that I do before I go to bed, I was watching a bunch of shopping while black videos. <laughs> Have you seen these? Yeah. yeah I know exactly what you're like, talking about. like, yeah, it's people walking around in stores and, and streaming and basically saying, Hey, because I am, I am black. This guy who runs the store or this employee is following me around because they assume I'm going to steal. And something. it's right there. And on they the catch screen. it on video. It's right there. on the Yeah. Screen. It's obvious. <laughs> it's obvious. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, I think, um, you know, this is this is the stuff that we didn't see because you know people who weren't living with it. You know, and I I will I will admit to my privilege. Yeah, same here. It, it you you just don't you don't click in. Yeah, absolutely. and now we're kind of being forced to click in. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's the thing, right? That's what privilege is. It doesn't mean that uh, my life has been easy. It just means that I have been able to opt out of and avoid 
certain experiences that other people don't unfortunately have the option to. Right. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And so again, back, back to uh, what I was saying about, you know, it, any group, any subculture is going to be a reflection of the society that it's a part of. And so it really should come as no surprise that this is, that this problem is a presence in, you know, the, the comic book culture that we love so much. Uh, the important thing is to do the uncomfortable thing and admit that it's a problem, admit that it's presence. And I feel like that's, that's what comic book creators in general are now finally starting to do. Right. Because we had right. the, the infamous milkshake shell selfie, you know, uh, upset a bunch of people, a bunch of these, these, comic book fans, so-called comic book fans that, you know, don't want their industry to change whatsoever. Uh, we have a thing at NY comic con and that was in 2017. That was October, 2017. That was almost a year ago. And since then, I mean, there have been attacks and there have been, there's been harassment online on social media against various comic book creators and their, you know, people that are defending their voices, um, by this very vocal, angry group that is pushing back. I mean, it's a very clear pushback against progressivism and diversity in comic books. Um, and so they've been harassing people this whole time. Um, and, and only recently, you know, uh, like I said, I, on Twitter, I came across um, that post by Bill Sienkiewicz, uh, where he went on this long rant against, you know, this, this comics gate group. And then other creators started to, you know, sort of also chime in. And like you said, it, it appears that, you know, most of the industry uh, creators, most of the industry's creators are on board with this movement towards diversifying comic books and really, you know, expanding the idea of not only who comic books can be for, made for, but who can actually be making them as well. Yeah, well, and, and there's, I mean, they've been posting lists of, of um, pro, you know, progressive and and I don't I don't know how progressive these people are. They just have, you know, you know, they just they, they believe that their stories should be diverse and and they should be nice people. Um, but they post they post these lists of people to boycott, and I mean like Mark Wade's on. Yeah. There. <laughs> so that's and I don't know if you've seen pictures of Mark Wade, but you can't get wider than. So me. that's interesting, right, Joe? Because what supposedly the stance of of these comics gators. Um, w- w- the stance supposedly is they want to keep their comics as quote unquote traditional as they always have been, which we know that's kind of like a, a dog whistle for, you know, white and straight and male, right? Like that's, that's who these stories have been told by historically. And that's who they have been told for historically. And they want to keep it that way. But when they list Mark freaking Wade, like as as somebody <laughs> on their hit list to avoid, like what does that tell you, right? Well, it's it's because it's because he he likes he tells diverse stories, and that's you know, and he's he doesn't have a problem saying, "Hey, stop being a dick," yeah. like <laughs> you know, he's he's very outspoken, and and so it's just it's frustrating because I just I I see. I can't understand. I can't empathize. I, I, I can intellectualize what they are doing. Like I can get the, I can intellectualize the bigotry and say, I understand it for what it is. Yeah. It's fear. Yeah. But I'm a geek and you're a geek and we love our stuff. 
like very like I, I will not go back into my fear of new mutants but it's there right <laughs> this is gonna be a terrifying movie for me right but i i acknowledge that if you don't change even something like that if you don't change the type of movies comic book movies you put out it stagnates right it like and it, i i feel like I, I don't understand how they can miss that other than the fact that they just don't want to accept it they want everything to be comfortable and the same yeah but but you can't have it the same it's it's done it's there it exists nobody's going into your comic boxes and lighting them on fire yeah Although maybe with some of you, that's what should happen. And but yeah, I don't know. This has become a bit like for me. I feel like my my understanding of this has evolved as well because there was a time where you know, while I while I've never really agreed with the idea of you know, kind of keeping comic books or any fandom for that matter for a chosen select few as opposed to you know, pushing and 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 supporting the growing popularity of, of whatever, you know, property or, or culture you're a fan of. Um, mm-hmm. There was a time where I was like, you know, I get it. I get it because when you are a geek and you're kind of shunned by society and you're not popular and you're not social and you know, you're, you're, you're not, maybe you're not conventionally attractive or whatever and you don't have a ton of friends, but you know, you, you sort of retreat from that, from, from mainstream, you know, uh, pop culture at large, and you find solace in these geeky little stories and properties, and you build a community out of there. And you're like, you know what, we're going to turn this into our thing and we're going to make it our thing. And, and, you know, we're, we're going to be totally devoted to this. I can understand then the fear that comes with feeling that that is being taken away from you. However, however, the the people that are most upset by this evolving industry are the people that everything is made for. Everything, you know, if you are between 18 and 40 and a straight white male, the world is made for you, like by you and for you. And so then it doesn't become about like, oh, you're taking away the only thing we have because you have everything. Now it just becomes more about, no, you can't have this thing. It's mine, just like everything else is mine. And I don't want anyone else to have it. I don't want it to be for anyone else. And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it one step further. Like, yes, I, I, I am one of those people who was picked on as a child because I was geek and it was cool back then. And... You know, I think I've told the story on this podcast that I wore a little next generation communicator to school because I was that hardcore of a Star Trek person. And one of my teachers looked at me and said, you were just asking to be beaten up, aren't you? Um, I was that kid. But there was also that kid who had darker colored skin than I did. Or there was uh, that kid who was a girl or there was that kid who had, and you know, they went, I, I can't buy the, Oh, well we were picked on as children for being geeks thing because so was everybody else. Oh. And, and they weren't, you know, geeks of color, girl geeks, right. Gay geeks. This is, they, they didn't just automatically spring up out of nowhere. Right. right. And we have always been here, but and 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 went through all of the same stuff that these guys went through and more 
mic drop. You can't fucking drop the mic like that in the middle of our podcast, show because we got to keep talking. <laughs> but that's a fucking mic drop right there. Totally. It just, it just bothers me because it's like, it's like, yes, I know what it's like to be picked on for a geek. If anything, if anything, you should know how bad it feels to be ostracized, to be an other, to be, right. to be, um, not included and to do that to somebody it's the kick the dog thing it's you're doing it because somebody did it to you and it's gotta stop and if you're listening to this and you feel that we're taking the stance of comics gators too far and it's really just you know people that don't want to see you know their industry change um, and are just in love with, you know, the quote unquote traditional, you know, comic book storytelling. Um, listen to me. Okay. There has just recently, like literally in the last couple of days, um, uh, announced, uh, that a official comics gate comics imprint, like publishing company, uh, was started by an alt-right publisher. I'm not going to say the name. I'm purposely avoiding saying the names of any of these people pushing this agenda because, you know, I want to give them any fucking notoriety or, or advertisement but um there's officially a comics gate comics imprint now and it, it boasts itself as being a hundred percent social justice warrior free so it's by an alt-right publisher a hundred percent sjw free that's that's all you need to know right they're being very very clear about what their goal is about what they're about and what's what's motivating this uh pushback against diversity and, and, uh, progressivism. Yeah. Yeah. I, mm. I, I don't know where to go from here. Well, <laughs> well, Joe, I mean, one of the things that I, that I do, or I like to do when, when I'm just reading the news, man, you know, like just, mm-hmm. and, and I think this is probably why I, I tend to make people uncomfortable, uh, in the way that I talk about these topics is because I'm not, I'm not satisfied with just talking about the thing in front of me that just happened until we exhaust it and move on to the next thing that just happened. Like, you know, we really have to step back and be willing to look at the bigger picture and to acknowledge like some really uncomfortable truths. Right. Um, And this is why, you know, I, I like I can't I'm not interested in the latest thing that, you know, uh, 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 the current administration tweeted or did or said or whatever, because we know the story by now. Like <laughs> we know, right, right. we know what yeah. they're about. We know what they're going for. You know, the, the, this outrage cycle that, you know, kind of renews itself every 90 minutes. It's just, you're, you're going to get exhausted. And I know people that are totally caught up in that, um, and exhausting themselves and the, and they're, they, it makes them unable to address the, the, the larger picture. And I think that's kind of the goal of that outreach cycle, right? Um, yeah. when, when I look at what's happening with comics gate, I, I really do sincerely think that it just all comes down to fear. It's, it's the fear of having something taken away from you. It's the fear of not, of, of not being the king of the hill. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I was reading up on this today and there are people that are identified as, you know, they're, they're self-identified comic skaters that are saying, I'm not against diversity. I just don't want my comic books to change. And I'm like, do you know what diversity means? Like, do you know 
what the ultimate point of diversity is, because I think, and I honestly think that this is something that a lot of people struggle with uh, uh, acknowledging. The, the point of diversity is not for things to stay the same, right? The reason why there are so many calls for diversity is because only once institutions and publishers and people in power, once those groups are diversified, they will naturally change because the mm -hmm. people running those things will start to bring in their points of view. And that is what's going to lead to change. Um, you know, our resources are limited. There are only so many comic book titles that the industry can support that comic books, comic book buyers can support. Right. And so if 99% of those titles uh, feature as the lead character, you know, a straight white character, um, and we're calling for diversity, guess what that means? That doesn't mean we're going to make 200% comics. It means that that 100%, you know, is going to change. And now it'll be only maybe 50% of those comics will feature a straight white lead character. That means that a lot of people are going to have to say goodbye to some of their titles. I, I, I tell me what you feel about this because I, I don't see I don't see the call for diversity resulting in anything different. And, and I don't think it's a bad thing. Yeah, well, I mean, here's the, the thing is, is it, yes. If we took half the titles out there and replaced them with diverse titles, the initial shock would be, Oh my God, my favorite character. Right. But we have all been part of, we've all been fans of this industry for long enough now to know that if your favorite character is Captain America and his comic book is being replaced by, we'll just say like the Falcon takes over and is now Captain America, which has happened. Guess what? Steve Rogers is eventually going to come back and appear in that comic book. Like you're not going to lose that character. And it's not because, well, we're the only ones keeping him alive. No, everybody likes that character. Right. Everybody wants to see what that character is going to do, but they also want to be able to see different stories that don't like at this point, Captain America is what? 70 years old. <laughs> like the, 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 the title how many more Steve Rogers stories are you going to be able to tell? That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> that without, yeah. What do you, how many more Steve Rogers stories are there out there? The, and, and if you want to keep getting Steve Rogers stories, you have to let him take a back seat. Yeah. Let him let him go into the background. So, so we can get other characters and then those stories Guess what? When they need somebody to come in and mentor somebody or they want somebody to come in last minute and save the day and get people going, oh, my God, this is amazing and geeking out and losing their shit. They're going to bring it back. <laughs> this is this is what is meant by diversity. Right. This is what is meant by redistributing uh, access to wealth and resources. Like, honestly, like. We, we've had so many years of the same stories being told over and over and over again. Um, this is the same reaction to, you know, all female Ghostbusters, you know, all female, uh, you know, uh, 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 Ocean's Eleven or whatever, uh, you know, changing the lead character to African-American as opposed to white. Like this is, it's the same response every time. And I just got to say, like, 
you know, it, it's it's eventually it's got to be someone else's turn. Yeah. Right? And and that's yeah, what, absolutely. That's what this is. Like you, you know, it it, it sounds so simplistic, but it, it's only fair, man. You know, <laughs> like you you've had your turn yeah. for so long. Like what you you know, how greedy can you freaking get? You know what I mean? Like at a certain point, you gotta let guess what? All these geeks of color, all these female geeks, um, all these you know, uh, homosexual geeks have all been following these same straight white male characters for so long as well. Right? When do they? Yeah, when do yeah. They do and we and we love and we love them. <laughs> like I, I want to see these characters again. I, I mean, I love Hawkeye. Right. I, I maybe in the minority. You know, if there was going to be a character to be worried about dropping off the face of the earth because they, people got tired of telling stories about him, like Hawkeye's up there in that list. Yeah. <laughs> He's yeah. not a Captain America, but I, I think that with you know bringing in Kate Bishop, look at the stories that have been told. Yeah. Absolutely. In the in the Hawkeye universe, because you brought in Kate Bishop. Yeah, and really saying that you can only identify or love a character if they, you know, absolutely uh, reflect your identity as a person, um, I think is really disrespecting a lot of fans that have never had the option to follow a character, you know, that, that did that for them. I mean, I remember sitting in the theater watching... Uh, Rogue One and uh, you know, a film that was cool, but I'm not particularly a fan of Um, but sitting in that theater and watching a Star Wars movie and watching a Latino actor, (laughs) you know, (laughs) in a starring role in a Star Wars movie, I teared up just, just, it it just, it was that um, impactful. It was that emotional for me to see, you know, that, that somebody like me up on the screen, um, just, just in and of itself. Am I a huge David Luna fan? Like, no, I'm not, you know, but just that feeling of like, Oh my God, I've never seen this before. Like this has never happened. And that's just one character in how many movies, like how many Star Wars movies do we have? Right. And, and it's just, I had, I had the same, I had the same reaction when they announced that, um, um, Tracer from Overwatch, the the cover character for the Overwatch video game franchise, is a lesbian. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm sorry. Do you realize how big? Like people right. don't realize how impactful that is. A a lesbian character is the face right. of one of the most popular video games on the market. Right, and these communities are starved for that representation. Starved for that representation. So. You know, there's no, it's, it just, it, it feels like these, these comics gators and retailers that are griping about, you know, the, the way that they're, the, the landscape of their industry is changing and they're being diversified. It just, it's, it, to me, it sounds like the scared, like death rattle of like this, this whole, uh, 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 I guess version of the industry that has dominated for so long just knowing that change is coming, knowing that change is underway and feeling that they can't do anything about it. You know? Yeah. I, I do hope it's the death knell because I mean, I mean like if you need an example, I can say right now the next X-Men movie to come out is going to be um, dark Phoenix, right? right? 
I'm not terribly excited about it because we've seen it before. Which is like that's a huge statement for for you to make, Joe, because you love yeah. these characters. You love the story. But it's it's I mean, not I mean forget about the fact that it's not being done it has not been done right yet. Like that's 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 the investment. Are they going to do it right this time? And and it's kind of like I would much rather see a different story. Yeah. I would much rather because I've seen I've seen Dark Phoenix. Like I've seen like the honestly the the '90s cartoon did it better than anybody. Like uh, there you know the chances of them getting it right and just wasting another X Men movie on a story we've already had. It's like I. I I just don't care. And eventually people are going to stop caring that you, you want to, you want to kill Captain America off permanently where we never get him again. Right. Tell me how you feel about this. Keep making the same movie. Tell me how you feel about this. I feel like part of, yeah. part of the fear too, from people that have um, really like dominated this industry for so long, just like anything. I think, I think this goes for the country as well. Um, I think part of the fear as well is, is, is the fear that once they are not the majority, that they are going to be treated the way they have treated minorities for so long. They're afraid that they're going to be mistreated, that they're going to be ignored, that they're going to be sort of cast aside. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, I wonder how much of that's even conscious. Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah, I wonder how much of that is actually something that they're worried about or if it's just kind of an innate fear that's in the background and they don't quite understand it. Like I it would be very interesting. <laughs> I I wish there was a study to read up on because it would be very fascinating. Right, but I, I feel like that has to be a part of it on some level. It's this cuz what what yeah, else No, you're right. You know, what else is going to spur you to say no, we need to remain in control of this thing. We cannot let someone else, we cannot let people not like us you know, hold the reins of this industry, this country, this, you know, whatever, you know what I mean? That has to be on mm -hmm. some level. Part of it is that, you know, because we don't want to be on their side. We don't want to be in their position, you know, but you're right. I think it has to be subconscious because in order for it to be a conscious thought, then you have to admit that, you know, <laughs> marginalized groups have been getting the shit end of the stick for a long time. Right. Yeah, and yeah. what everyone wants to, you know, what all these people want to want to believe is that no, we're all equal and we're all starting from the same, you know, starting position and whatnot, which is, you know, it's bullshit. Yeah. Um. Anything else we want to touch on before oh, kind of this is this is it's it's sad that this kind of was was the 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 topic that kind of dragged me back to to you know, my eyes to to looking at the industry that I love so much that you know. Um, I was a part of for a while I and mean, making comics and stuff. Um, but it's, I feel like this is inevitable. Like, I feel like this, this pushback is inevitable because what it means is it means that things are changing. If things were not changing, then comic skaters would not feel the need to exist and take up space and, you know, harass people and attack people because this change is happening. Yeah. So, definitely. so if anything and, from all this, you know, that at least I feel like if anything, shoot now, it, it makes me want to rededicate myself to like really, um, uh, supporting the voices that are, uh, you know, pushing this change and that are, um, the diverse voices, the progressive voices that, you know, which like we said, are, are most of, you know, comic book creators, at least from, 
from the looks on social media of, of the people that are that are standing up and you know uh, um, pushing back against Comicsgate. So you know it, it's it's a bummer that it's that it has to fucking come to this, man. But yeah, but but that's if that I mean again as we said earlier, you know, unless it comes to light, unless yeah, we start looking about it, looking at it and talking about it, no change is actually going to happen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so two things. One, I do want to go back in, and I'm not at all apologizing for this episode, but I do want to be clear that um, you know we do have a brand. You know, I, that's why I started the State of the Geek because. <laughs> I am a political person and I do feel like I don't want that kind of stuff in my, in my fandoms. And so that's kind of where state of the geek came out of. And that's where I tend to do most of my ranting soapbox. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I, I think the reason why we felt it was important to do on this show is because geekitude has always been about um, inclusivity and the fact that there is space in fandoms for everyone. And that was, it. you know, it was the idea of, again, judging your own geekiness, not somebody else's. And so, um, you know, I, I apologize if, if you bounce off this episode hard because it's not something you're, you're comfortable hearing or because you're, you're tired of, of politics in general. Um, but, but I think the reason why we felt it was very important is because this is what the show is about. It's about everybody being able to come together as geeks, not be pushed apart. And when you, when you do encounter this kind of stuff, it is what divides fandoms. It is what makes it harder to get the stuff we love out to, to, to more people. See Joe, this is what I'm talking about. You're so, you have so much goodwill and patience (laughs) to just, (laughs) to just give out there. That's awesome. Um, (laughs) You haven't listened to state of the geek in a while, have you? (laughs) That's true. true. You got me there. Uh, Man. Uh, But what we, what we do on that show and maybe we could do that here is what we always close out with is like next steps, because I think it's very irresponsible to like throw all this baggage out at people and make them feel like there's nothing that they can do. So do you have any suggestions on what people can do to kind of contribute to the positive yeah man um diversity out for sure like i said i mean for me because that's that's a couple of things that i do you know because i engage in this stuff all the time you know that joe um it to me to me it's like breathing like this is just stuff that i talk about that i want to talk about that i think about that i want to engage with um i tend to gravitate towards the you know the tough topics and the stuff that makes people uncomfortable i was that kid growing up you know the elephant in the room that everyone's kind of like you know not acknowledging i'm like hey what's that um so, <laughs> that was totally me. So a couple of things when I, when I engage with stuff like this, the first thing I think is what's the big picture, right? Like what, what, what is this a symptom of? What is the larger story here? Because I think that's really important to kind of understand, you know, what, uh, uh, what the larger solutions can then be. And the second thing is I take it really personally, uh, it, when, when I, I sort of, force myself to, to say, take a, a long, hard look and say, what can I do? What? Cause if I'm just, you know, if I'm just complaining about this stuff, but I'm not doing anything to fix it or, or, you know, putting my energy towards solutions, then what the fuck? Like I'm not any better than anyone who's, you know, uh, uh propagating this stuff. So, um, for me, definitely it's a no brainer to support, 
you know, these diverse voices in comic books. Um, if you have your set pool list, you know, um, and, and you've been pushing back against, or, or maybe, you know, not really interested in the new, you know, Hulk or the new Captain America or whatever, Black Panther, and you never really gave it a shot, go pick up a trade, check it out, you know, mm -hmm. give it a chance. Um, and another thing I want to say is I think it, I think it, it, uh, there's a lot of responsibility to, uh, uh, in the hands of the people that are, that make up the majority. And I think that still is, um, the straight white male. And if you're listening to this and you're a straight white male and you feel attacked or you feel like, you know, it's, it's, it's shitty to be you nowadays. Um, just keep in mind that, that a, a lot of us are really just asking for a fair shake. And I think that you still have a lot of power and a lot of responsibility in your hands. And so, um, try to look past that feeling of, of being attacked. Cause it's not what we're doing. Um, it's actually a defense <laughs> on our part. Mm -hmm. And so I would say you, you know, being the majority still, um, have a lot of power, use that power to, you know, um, support, uh, um, a, a, a voice that is, that is maybe not a dominant voice in the comic industry. Um, and have these conversations with your group and your circle. Um, we're not professing to have the answers here, but I think that it's important to engage in the conversation. Absolutely. Um, I'd like to throw out there for people who are not comfortable wading into the fray like Ray and I are, <laughs> where if we see something on Facebook, we're like, all right, let's do good. <laughs> like lock and load. Um, uh, you don't you don't have to be as aggressive as we can get out there. Um, I, I think an underrated and overlooked uh, reaction to a lot of this stuff is comic creators or, or anybody who's on the receiving end of this kind of vitriol and hate. Um, I, I don't think you understand how important it is for them to get that tweet that says we like what you do. I don't think they realize you realize how important it is for them to say, Hey, you know, you're going through some, some pretty shitty stuff right now. And, um, and, but, but we think your comics are amazing. You know, I, that, that gesture, uh, again, relating it to something that's not comic books. When, when they rolled out the, um, the pre-patch for world of Warcraft for this last expansion and told, you know, everybody that, you know, we're going to be down for X number of hours. And for that entire time, if you went to the dev or, or customer service Twitter, it was just anger and hatred. And how dare you take my game away from me, even though you warned me weeks ago that this was going to happen on this day for these hours. Um, but there were always people in the community that were like, Hey guys, we know you're working hard to do this great thing for us. And we really appreciate it. And I can't imagine being on the receiving end of all of that anger and not having those little blips of, we appreciate you. We thank you. We, you know, you're working hard. Good job. Like that, that makes a big difference and it, it means a lot to people. And so if that's something that you can do, throw out there if you can throw out that positive energy in the world 
it really makes a difference. You'd be surprised how big of a difference it makes. Man, that's such a great point. Joe, that's two mic drops for you in one episode. What the hell? <laughs> We're breaking all our mics, man. We're going to have to get new mics. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it looked, it's funny because I'm, I'm part of a drama teacher um, – a forum on Facebook and somebody said something like that. They got all up in arms about theater and education. And then they, they said, Mike, somebody responded to the comment with, uh, with mic drop. <laughs> and then we pick it up because, the, and then we pick it up because that's not how we te- treat audio equipment. <laughs> that's right. Spoken like a true theater geek. That's great. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so this has been our, our ranty pants episode yeah. of, uh, <laughs> of and I'm going to be, a, do you have any, dude, I'm going to be on Slack. Go I'm going to be on Slack, uh, this week, uh, continuing my rants and, uh, just, you know, I'm really uh, wanting to engage with anyone that has questions or has a take or whatever. Um, I'm all ears. I love discussing this stuff. I am pretty straightforward with my opinions. Um, I like to think that I'm, you know, I leave space for other people to offer their opinions as well and for a good discussion. But uh, just keep in mind, you know, this is just how I talk. I'm not, I'm not angry or anything like that. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to anyone who wants to, you know, uh, talk more about this topic. I know, Joe, we have actually in the past talked about some of this stuff, uh, both on the public Slack channel and other channel. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to, you know, discussing this further. So, so hit me up on Twitter or Slack or whatever, and you can look for me there. Yeah. We like, we like engaging about this stuff, yeah, for sure. especially when it's about our fandoms, because we do it, we do it for regular politics all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of fun to be able to do it about stuff you're even more passionate. Yeah. About. And when it's a give and take and it's like a discussion, it's a lot easier to have more nuanced points, you know, that, that, that can be made mm-hmm. and, and a, a better, you know, actual conversation as opposed to you and me talking and then people kind of listening to it. You know, I'm sure some of you out there listening have had, you know, a reaction or maybe a thought or a counterpoint or whatnot. So something like Slack, that's a great uh, venue for that because then we can actually have an exchange. So. Yeah. You don't have to feel like you can't do anything with that energy. Yeah. Yeah. You can can redirect it back at us. We will understand. Absolutely. Yeah. Shout outs. Shout outs. Yes. I got such a very nice email from somebody uh, this week. And um, I I don't know if I'm going to pronounce the name right, but it's, I think Phoebes, F-I-E-B-S. Looks like. Um, They are from Australia. And they found us because they were joining WOW and they found my tiny little, I need to get back to it, uh, podcast for uh, Podcast of the Whale. And uh, he he said a very very nice or they I don't know I don't know gender um, they said um, I just wanted to let you know I enjoyed the podcast series and found it very informative so much so that you have a new another subscriber for your Geekitude podcast Whoa. so I wanted to welcome you from Australia um, we are happy to have you here I hope we didn't scare you away with this particular episode <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, just a shout out because that just kind of made my day this week because I, I, I would like to get back to that podcast, but, um, there's only so many hours Jeez. a day. Yeah. You're maximizing it. Um, yeah. I, how about you? Yeah. I got a shout out, uh, with the new semester means that we've got, um, new LCAT students and returning LCAT students. Um, it's really cool. I'm really lucky to get to work on uh, a college campus and, you know, the art school that I actually attended and graduated from 
um, it's just really cool to a, a really cool time of year because you get to see, you know, all these college students sort of uh, coming back and starting their classes and the energy is just amazing. The creative energy is amazing. Um, so I just wanted to give a shout out to, to all the Alcat students uh, in their first week of classes. Um, enjoy it because it's such an awesome time and uh, good luck this semester. Awesome. Yeah. Very cool. All the music in this episode is by Ben Sound and is being used under a Creative Commons license. You can find more music by Ben Sound at bensound.com. Geekstude is a proud member of the geek to geek Network. Check out the other geek to geek shows, such as the geek to geek Podcast, Geek Fitness, and Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea. And make sure to join our Reddit community at r forward slash geek to geek cast We're also on Slack. We're also on Discord. We're all over the place. Uh, you can currently find us at geek2do.com as well as on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, and most other podcatchers out there. Please leave us a, room, a review and spread the word. If you'd like to contact me, you can send me an email at joehogan at geek2do.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at geek2do or me personally at Epic Grays. Ray, where can we find you? I am on various social media platforms at uh, Ray Vargas 3. So that's Ray Vargas and then the number three. And if you follow that username, you can find me on Twitter, on Instagram, and on Facebook, and on my website at rayvargas3.com. Yeah, check it out, because if you haven't seen his art, it's amazing. Oh, thanks, man. (laughs) All right, well, that's it for this week, and we will be back next week geeking out. So until then, remember this week, keep it geek. The Red Legion took away our home. Dominus Gaul has stolen our light. But from the ashes, a fire team of guardians rise to. Guardian down. Wait, wait, wait. Who was that? Uh, Titan, no jump good. This is Happy Hour from the Tower. I'm T. I'm Nick. I'm Brandon. And we're going to talk about all things Destiny. Why we play. Why we love punching aliens in the face. And why T's aim needs a little bit of work. Have you got that? Say you've got it. See something! A podcast for players of all levels. Find Happy Hour from the Tower on iTunes, Stitcher, or at happyhourfromthetower.com. Eyes up, Guardian. Time to give up the ghost. It's Happy Hour from the Tower. First round's on us. So how would you describe a podcast like The Shared Desk? It's a podcast that took its sweet time to do a promo. (laughs) Yeah, well, I think that goes without saying. I mean, you could say The Shared Desk is a podcast about collaboration, because that's what we do. Wait, 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 wait. There's a lot more to The Shared Desk. You got our Loot Crate looky-loo. Oh, what's in the box? And then what we're doing when we're not writing, usually it's pretty nerdy. And then there are the drop-ins. Has the whole world gone crazy? Yes. And we love having guests on the show. It's the shared desk after all. And if it's Katie or Lauren, you get some lovely singing as well. So find the shared desk on iTunes, Stitcher, or at thesharedesk.com. The shared desk. Two writers. One podcast. Different different points points of view. view. Greetings from TG Geeks webcast, where Ben and Keith, the two gay geeks, talk about all aspects of geekdom and nerdery. Sci-fi, comics, film, horror, genre, you name it, we talk about it. Find our episodes each week on TGGeeks.com. 
visit our Facebook page, TG Geeks Webcast. On Google Plus and YouTube, look for us as Two Gay Geeks. You can tweet at TG Geeks and at the Two Gay Geeks. Or call our feedback line at 469-TG-Geeks. That is 469-844-3357. Happy listening. Peace. Cheers. Cheers.